Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our final episode. Actually, you know what? It's our second final. Yeah, JK. Um, we got our final uh, part specific to an episode here uh, for part eight of Ahsoka. And uh, next week, we will have a roundtable series review. Just a bit of a look back and, uh, you know, chat about the season. You know, kind of casual, uh, retrospective sort of thing. Uh, but tonight, we are completely focused in on part eight. The Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. And we got a number of guests joining us tonight, so that's super exciting as well. And I will introduce everybody one at a time as soon as we dive right in. Uh, but in the meantime, welcome to Star Wars Escape Pod. Hello, Blake. Hello there. Welcome back. Thank you. Yes, good to be back as always. And we've got a very exciting episode to talk about this week. Holy smokes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we are super thankful to have so many uh, willing participants that join us every week. So, uh, you know, our first up on the list, uh, Dan, welcome back. You have been with us from the start. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Audio cut out for a second there. Uh, my bad. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks for coming back each week. And uh, uh, I hope we get you for at least even just one more just to make it a round, a round trip, you know, for that last uh, series look back. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Kirk, welcome back, sir. Hello, hello. Good to be here for the last one. Well, second last one, actually. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, second second last one, yeah. Um, and uh, Nick, welcome back, my good man. Hello. Awesome. And uh, with you is Shauna. Welcome back, Shauna. Hi. Hi. Happy to be here. Hello. Welcome back. And uh, Kyle, welcome back, sir. Oh, well, thank you for having me again. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, with you, you have uh, brought uh, a, a new member to the Rebellion. <laughs> uh, Francis, welcome to <laughs> Star Wars Escape Pod. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, pleasure to have you, sir. Uh, so to this week, we've got... Uh, oh, and our co-host, uh, Blake, of course. Uh, hello. Did I already introduce you? That was you? the first one. Oh, okay, there we go. We've got full circle. <laughs> We're like my short-term memory kicking in. All right. Um... <laughs> We got a big party this week, so um, yeah, we're I'm, I'm super excited to get into this, and uh, you know, hopefully, there's enough to keep us going uh, for this final, uh, this, you know, 
look at uh, the last part, which off the bat has a very familiar title, uh, Part 8, The Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. Oh, it's picked right out of the... Uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, the Chronicles of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed, I noticed this in another episode, but I never brought it up. I've, or the titles are very similar to other things. Yeah. So next week, I think we should go through them all and see if they've been pulled from yeah, other we, media. We should. Yeah. We'll, we'll. Yeah. We'll. We'll do that. I think between now and next week, try and do do a bit of research on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll read a bunch of stuff here, and then we can just dive right in. The director of this episode was Rick Famuyiwa, written by Dave Filoni. This episode premiered on Disney Plus October third, twenty twenty three. To confront the Jedi, Morgan Elsbeth is gifted the Blade of Talzin by the Great Mothers. Ezra Bridger constructs a new lightsaber using spare parts aboard the Jedi shuttle and pays homage to his late master, Kanan Jarrus, by using the same emitter piece, the only one who Yang has left. After the ship is damaged by a fighter attack, Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra make their way on the backs of Howlers to the Chimera, which is docked with the Eye of Sion, barely making it alive from a defensive bombardment. They are confronted by Morgan and some night troopers whom the great mothers keep resurrecting after they are killed to keep up the defense. Sabine finally connects with the forest to grab her lightsaber and help Ezra Bridger force jump onto the Chimera. Meanwhile, Ahsoka kills Morgan Elsbeth in an epic duel. The Eye of Scion jumps into hyperspace, leaving Ahsoka and Sabine and Hu Yang stranded on Peridia. As Thrawn and the Great Mothers arrive over Dathomir, Bridger escapes and reunites with Syndulla and Tropper. Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hu Yang join the Notia and make their way in their new home on Peridia as they are watched over by Anakin's Force Spirit. Shin Hati joins the bandits on Peridia, and Balin's skull is guided to a mountain, which is a statue of the Mortis gods, and he stares off into the distance to a large mountain with a glimmer of light on top. Dang, so that was a uh, that was the final episode, and um, just I guess off the top of your head, what what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Oh man, like I I would say Dave is definitely set a lot of things in motion here. Got me got me excited about a lot of stuff tying together, both pulling things from the EU with the uh, zombie troopers, yeah, as well as you know bring back some more to stuff, which we're very excited to go to. I will say because I watched it twice. Uh, and the second time through, you realize there's actually not a lot of things that happen, but the stuff that happens, I feel like, is, is good quality. Right. Um, yeah, uh, Kyle, what'd you think of this one? Well, after last episode, this one, uh, absolutely, I loved it. <laughs> Lots yeah. of great lightsaber battles. The fact that they did bring in the zombie troopers, that was really epic. Um, and it was quite a shock to actually see that, you know, Ahsoka and Sabine did get left on the planet. So I do kind of want to see where that goes. And something that I really, really, I want to know where it's going to go is what's going to happen with Balin's character, uh, you know, since uh, the actor has passed. So I really want to see where that's going. But everything that they laid out in this is going to make for a great season two. So they, they had a lot of cliffhangers. And it was just awesome. Great, great show. Oh, yeah. So many cliffhangers. Yeah. Um, yeah, sweet. Uh, Dan, off the top of your head, what did you think? Really enjoyed it. I'm glad with only, like, less than an hour. Like, I'm glad they didn't try to wrap everything up. That they, like, you know, everything was solid. Um, left a lot of questions. 
happy to see the zombie troopers. Um, is this our first time seeing purge troopers? Uh, the like the uh, purge, you mean the purge, you mean the, the death the, troopers? The death, two, the death troopers? You mean you're talking the two the the two guys yeah. in the black? Or uh, were those death troopers? Those are death troopers from Rogue One, which is ironic because the original okay. name for the zombie troopers was death troopers. Yeah, the death troopers actually became death troopers. Well, cause, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, vi- a video I watched on Easter eggs said it, said they were purge troopers um, from the you know from the video games, but purge. Okay, not to double check now, but I, I thought Ooh. those were death troopers. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought they were. I thought That's they what I thought at first until this video said they're purge troopers from like you know fallen. Oh, survivor and fallen yeah. order. Are those those? This is a giant Th- robot. Those are those. Um, those are those ones that are like Jedi hunting stormtroopers and stuff. Yeah, they were in the Jedi survivor. Yeah. Jedi and they, they have like the. They have like the poles that like could resist right. lightsaber. I think they're they're also in the Kenobi series as well. But um, yeah, I thought I thought for sure okay. that those those were death troopers. But I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, I really cool. enjoyed it. Um. I have some gripes, but overall, it was really, really good episode. Awesome. Well, I, I want to hear the gripes at, at, at some point this evening. <laughs> uh, Kirk, off the top yes. of your head, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was a really good end to the whole show. Uh, I feel that I, I wish I knew that there was going to be like a definitive season two coming out on a set date, but we'll just have to wait and see because it just opened up so much. And I also found it pretty funny that everybody in the show that wasn't on the planet, they stuck on the planet, is now stuck on the planet. <laughs> and everybody or Thrawn and Esra that was on the planet, they've just substituted. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I think I saw yeah, a couple. I'm pulled, really keen like, to see where it all goes. Yeah. I think I saw a pulled a bit of a Thrawn there at the very end. She's like, oh, well, this is, after all, where we are meant to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Planned this all along. Yeah, yeah. Planned this all along, yeah. Next week on TLC's Trading Spaces. <laughs> Uh, Shauna, yeah, literally. Oh man, yeah. Uh, Shauna, off the top of your head, Galaxy Swap. What did you think <laughs> of this one? Um, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I had a couple of things that uh, I questioned, but it wasn't. It didn't take me out of the story or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I liked that. There's a lot of places where we're left kind of hanging, and so that it leaves it open for them to do mm-hmm. a bunch of different uh, things with it. And yeah, I can't wait to see what they do, like what the end what end result ends up being or where we end up going from here. Sweet. Do we have any idea what's next? Any announced stuff? Like sh- what shows coming out next? I don't think so. I think that's just the only thing that worries me is that all this cliffhanger stuff happened, but nothing's been set in stone yet. I think Skeleton Crew is next and I don't think it ties into it at all. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's from like a story perspective, leave us wanting for a while. Then, hmm. yeah. Well, I know that Dave Filoni is working on a movie. So, the question is: Is it going to be season two, or is it going to be the movie that continues the story? That's that's definitely a lingering question. Yeah, I think one we can maybe go around and and sort of each give our opinion on it at the, at the end here. Um, Nick, what did you think off the top of your head? Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely lots of stuff that has to be answered, which is good. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to either, like, whatever comes next, season two of this, or just everything gets wrapped up in a movie. But I feel like they could do a lot with exploring more of the Night Sisters because that hasn't really ever been, uh, the, like, 
mentioned in in uh, any live live action stuff other than uh, like Clone Wars. Really, Clone Wars kind of went into it a bit, but it might be it'd be nice to see, you know, to go in, into the nicest or maybe their their backstory a bit because obviously they went to Dathomir at the end, so they're going to be doing some of that. Awesome. Um, also, the the duel with uh, the, the the duel with Ahsoka and Morgan was uh, pretty pretty neat. I, I it was very well done. Yeah, I like that a lot too. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm gonna pipe in there for a second. That was really good fight. I I enjoyed watching that one. It was like watching a um, a samurai go against uh, maybe like a Shaolin monk or something. Like it was it was really wicked. Yeah, I was wondering about her fighting stance. Maybe wait till we get to it later. Up to you, Josh. But the way she was fighting with like one hand on the blade, like the blade of itself as opposed to the hilt. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that um yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Um Francis, uh off the top of your head, uh what what did you think of this one? Man, what an episode. I I was so surprised to see any callbacks to Project Blackwing, honestly. I didn't expect them to like there were there were the theories going around online, but I didn't think Dave Filoni would actually pull through with Project Blackwing. Um, Just so yeah, the audience what, knows what, what an I'm talking episode. about. I didn't ex- Do you want to break down Project Blackwing quick? Uh, Project Blackwing, uh, Project 171A in the Galactic Imperial um, archives. It was an experiment done in the Old Republic um, where a bunch of scientists... Uh, I believe experimented with um, residents of Dathomir and eventually a virus broke out that basically turned them into force zombies. Hmm. There, there you go. I wonder if that's what tied into the Death I Troopers just something new. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, Francis, if you don't, if you don't mind me asking, I don't know. Do you, do you recall which, which Star Wars story that's from? Oh, uh, You'd have to give me a second. I it be, I believe it's an old. It's like an old legend story, right? Book. Yeah. Yeah, it's an old legend story. If you um, if you manage to find yeah, I don't out, remember exactly of, what book it was in. Dude, no, no worries. I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, if you do happen to recall, though, just uh, feel free to throw it out there. Um, I guess this episode, though, like it, it opens up with some some pretty cool stuff, of course. Um, but before, actually, you know what? Before I kind of. I have a note which lingers, I think, from the last episode that maybe I didn't get around to, or maybe it was in this episode, I can't recall. Um, but the Battle of Endor was used to describe the end of the Empire to Ezra. Um, but um, <laughs> but what about the Battle of Jakku? And, um, you know, I, I had to kind of throw this out there because I think I, I put it in my notes just because I saw something floating around online about it. And um, in Rebels, we actually do get the same answer. So, like, you know, for those of you who are unfamiliar with, uh, the, like, the Aftermath trilogy of books, you know, uh, speaking to anyone here or anyone in the audience listening, uh, the true end of the Empire uh, from a sort of political perspective was at the Battle of Jakku, which was about one year after the Battle of Endor. And uh, that was sort of the definitive moment that a lot of the Imperial remnants sort of got wiped out and destroyed. And uh, this has a lot to do with a bigger plot line that Palpatine had. And, you know, Blake, you read those books too, right? 
Yeah, it was, it was. Admittedly, it's been a while ago, so right. I couldn't tell you too any specifics. So in the show, though, like I think it was in the last episode, but um, yeah, so I think Ezra was asking Sabine as to like what happened, and then she kind of says like, "Oh yeah, the Empire was sort of destroyed at the Battle of Endor." And so a lot of fans online are at, you know asking the question like, "Okay, well, what about the Battle of Jakku?" Right? And I think it just comes down to the simple answer of. This is probably said from a standpoint of, okay, that's a definitive moment where the Empire died, Vader died. It kind of all started to go downhill from there. Emperor and died. The Just Emperor. Be... Yeah, the Emperor died. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, is he, but whatever. Anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, it's like started to go, to go downhill from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the moment that a lot of casual fans and viewers would have seen on screen, right? So, like, that's the moment that they're referencing. But, yes, if you are getting nitty-gritty, technically, technically... It should be the Battle of Jakku, but, you know, they got, like, two lines to try and summarize it in for Ezra. You know, they're just going to throw Endor in there because that's the one that's recognizable to fans. You know, I that's what I could come up with, you know, from from at least my own kind of, if I were to be Pablo for a second, you know. <laughs> like, I don't know. You would, argue, would, you, would you summarize it that way, could, too? You could argue that that's where the tides really turned and the rebellion became more of a formidable opponent to the empire yeah well, the, that's the when they empires. started calling themselves the new republic right like after the endor battle mm-hmm. right i believe that i'm not sure because i think it was like battle jakku they were already called the new republic at that point it was like in that year leading up to like that's when all the kind of behind the scenes politics happened they started rallying being like yeah we're in the new republic now um anyways i just had to throw that out there all i remember you, is like, mr bones <laughs> mr bones yeah <laughs> Awesome. Um, okay, so this episode, we start things off with the Blade of Talzin. We had the transformation of Morgan Elsbeth into a Night Sister. That was super sweet. Not um, just a regular Night Sister, because she wouldn't be like a Saj Ventress or like one of the other Night Sisters. It seemed right. like she was like a mother Night Sister. Yeah, yeah. And mother y- Talzin. You know what was interesting to me about this whole thing was that the words that she actually kind of like has um that the words that she says like recites when she's uh you know i guess going through her her transformation there um was very similar to what ventress says in the clone wars when she becomes a night sister and i don't know does anyone here recall that story arc so this is, this is right after she leaves Dooku, or Dooku abandons her, right? Yeah, yeah, and then she, she kind of goes to Dathomir, and she and she's gets... there until Grievous shows up, kills all the Night Sisters, at which point she goes on to become a bounty hunter, correct? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Did, did, did anyone here watch that, um, or, like, that whole thing? Yes, I do remember it. Um, it was a similar, from what I remember, it was a similar incantation from when, because Ventress basically relinquished using Sith, um, the Sith powers that she had. So being infused with like the invisibility of the Night Sisters and those abilities, it was a very similar incantation, especially because she her eyes also glowed green and she also got new markings on her visage. Yeah, I thought it was very, very similar as well as like the words that she sort of repeats to, um, you know, in, in that in that baptism process. Right. Like it was very, uh, very similar. Um, the, the words that, that she has to say, I don't know. It, it, it may have I'm, even been I'm pretty exact. sure. I'm pretty sure there it's the exact same. Do you pledge yourself to the sisterhood, to the magics? 
and the old ways? I do. Do you abandon your old life for this new one? I do. Your loyalty, your life. My loyalty, my life. Yes, Great Mother. Do you pledge yourself to the Sisterhood, to the magics, to the old ways? I do. Do you abandon your old life for this new one? I do. Your loyalty? Your life? My loyalty. My life. Um, okay, thanks, Dan, for copying that in. So Project Blackwing first appeared in the Star Wars uh, canon in, in, in Star Wars Commander. Oh, that's the mobile strategy game. Okay. Uh, Blackwing Virus originated in the 2009 Star Wars Legends novel Death Troopers, written by uh, Joe uh, Schreiber, is mm-hmm. it? Yeah, that's the Death Troopers novel. Yeah. And then there's a prequel that came out after that. So the original Death Troopers were from Sith Alchemy, which then Palpatine finds, which is why they're in the Age of the Empire. Mm, gotcha. Okay. But that's all legends now. So yeah. it seems like the recanonized version, as was mentioned here, is now uh, Night Sister Magic. Yeah. I like that. I like that. It's it cool. makes sense. And I think in Clone Wars... They did do that. They, yeah. They brought the Night Sisters The Night Sisters, back. yeah. As well as in the... Uh, Jedi Fallen Order game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, zombified Night Sisters. It's creepy. Um, I just I in, hope they yeah in Clone Wars they also had the zombified Night Sisters and the zombified warriors that they brought back after, um, Ventress or not Ventress um, this is the fight Jesus against Grievous, army was, isn't it? We're mowing them down. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they uh, defended Dathomir against Grievous' droid army with the the zombie mm-hmm. zombie Night Sisters. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. I hope we get so, a, a one-off series or, or a, a film that's, right. that's just straight up as, like a zombie Star Wars yeah. like horror movie. <laughs> It'd be awesome. So do we think that all those cases that Thrawn is bringing are bodies and they're going to resurrect an army of undead? Oh, man, that would be kind of sick. But yeah, like that'd be like twisted, you know? Like, oh, yeah, these are all just night sister corpses like that we can use to... Create yeah, undead yeah, undead resurrect their race. That'd be pretty sweet. Well, I, 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 I heard that, that they're working a, on. No, oh, I was going to say, I heard that as a uh, uh, one of those theories that uh, Ezra said that these Night Sisters were asleep for a long time. And basically, that kind of maybe means that Thrawn woke them up to help them. And once they started helping them, they're like, look, we got all these other sisters that are in whatever, you know, back the tanks or whatever, right? And he's like, I'll bring them all because they're the biggest force wielders right now in the galaxy. So I'm going to bring them all back to our galaxy and work. they'll work for the Empire. Yeah. It was interesting they went straight to Dathomir. Oh, I noticed like, that right away. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Blade of Talzin um, doesn't look the same anymore. We've seen this blade before in a Clone Wars arc 
going back to season six, there is an episode arc called the Disappeared, part one and two. And it's in part two that Mother Talzin shows up and she fights Mace Windu and she summons a blade out of, you know, thin air, you know, out oh, of magic. Yeah. And it's like fiery and stuff like that. And it's got a red handle and it looks like a bit of like a dragon mouth that's like the blades coming out of, right? This sword did not look exactly the same at all. Like it looked completely different from the hilt's perspective. The blade, I think, was similar with the whole green fire thing, you know, adapted into live action. But um, there's a bit of a, I guess, conundrum right now of like an unsuredness. Like, is it the same sword? Is it maybe is like some some other sword that might be named after her? Like, I don't like I don't personally don't really know. I don't think anyone really knows yet. If you look it up on the Wikipedia, I think they've taken the, uh, uh, I guess, the initiative to just make it the same sword for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd like to just go around and see what everyone else thinks. Like before you know. that, we should probably actually explain who Mother Talzin is. Oh uh, yeah, Mother Talzin is is like one of the great witches, one of the great mothers, kind of like one of the three people that shows up here in this episode, but but dead <laughs> now. Now <laughs> uh, she was alive during the Clone Wars, and yeah. I think was the last mother, right sister, mother on Dathomir. Yeah, or in the, in the known galaxy. As well in the Star Wars galaxy, you know, not not the pretty galaxy, obviously, because there's three more. But I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a whole like a sisterhood of mothers going on. The night sister mother sisterhood. I want to know when she rode a a, a pergil to get to Dathomir. No, I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay, maybe uh, um, uh, Francis, we can start with you. Um, what do you think? This is the same sword, or or maybe a different sword. Um, well, to be fair, throughout the Clone Wars, Talzin would commune with, um, the ancient sisters, but I feel like she also probably communed with the other, um, Night Sister tribes, because I don't feel like the one in our galaxy, quote-unquote our galaxy, is the only one, especially with, like, with this connection. There's probably a set amount of Night Sister throughout every single galaxy, so I feel like she probably communed with them, and... That might actually be her sword since they're going to the Star Wars galaxy now. All right. Nick, what about you? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think it's like, like you guys are just talking about the sword, whether it's like the exact same one or not. Yeah, just your, just your off the top of your head, you know, what do you think? What do you want it to be the same one? You want it to be a different one? You know, what do you think it is? I mean, I don't know the canon that well, so I don't know if I really want it to be anything. Uh, I don't, it might matter if it's the exact same to some people, but I don't know. It looked cool. Um, and... I mean, they, they they do that a lot though in live action, right? They make they don't make stuff, certain things look exactly the same. So it could just be the exact Unless same it's one, eyes. like, re- yeah. <laughs> it, it, it it could yeah. just be the, the exact same one, uh, because it was like, I don't know, the sword. Maybe it was like it gets like born again every time someone new uses it. So maybe it's like slightly different every uh, um, resurrection, I guess you could call it. I like that like idea. Like more yeah. to that fighter's skill or something. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. Or whoever yeah. casts the spell to summon um, it. And that, 
Yeah, that's like exactly. It's, it's kind that, of like yeah, that's, it, that's it, cool. it suits, suits suits the fighter. Yeah, but I mean, the sword doesn't have a good track record, right? It's over two, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe they should, you know, try to switch it up a little bit. I don't know. Maybe they're trying something new. We summon the work. ancient sword of losers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that idea though. How it's like the sword is like reborn every every time and it fits the needs of the user. Like that's a that's a neat idea. I could get on board yeah. with that. You know, that's a magic sword. Like I feel like that would be a thing. Yeah. Um Well, as soon as she picked it up, she knew it like she's like hand on the blade and everything. Like she knew what she was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, well, I could see that because like she has, you know, clearly kind of a certain martial art background, this this woman and you know, maybe the sword in, in its dragon fanciness, like, wouldn't necessarily fit her kind of style of fighting, right? Right. So, like, maybe it kind of magically transformed into something that she was better fitted to use. Uh, so, I like that theory. Uh, Shauna, what do, you, what do you think about this? Well, now I didn't like Nick's theory better, but um, <laughs> my thought was that um, they just named it after the last great mother who was on Dathmere. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the name came from. They were just kind of like almost name dropping or throwing it in there. Um, but yeah, other than that, I didn't really have much other thought on that, it. I did see the comparisons online though, that it definitely does not look the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's my thoughts too. Um, when I first watched the episode, that was my thoughts. Exactly. I thought it was a completely different sword and maybe they just named it after they're like the great mother had died because um, in an unproduced Clone Wars episode that nobody ever got to see, but you, um, people would have seen it if, yeah, if you read the Son of Dathomir comic series, which adapted for unproduced Clone Wars episodes. Uh, she dies um, at the hand of General Grievous, and uh, maybe they named it after her death or something like that, and it's just like a sword that they you know, whipped off the wall kind of thing. But uh, yeah, who knows? Um, Kirk, what'd you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to go on with Nick's theory here, although I just think they made a sword for her to lose a fight in, so I don't think it's any specific sword at all. Nice. Another loser sword. Set like, her up for failure. Like, yeah. she, she was not coming out of that fight. Like, they rewarded her with her new abilities, and then were like, yep, no, you, you, we're leaving you behind. Yeah, yeah. I felt bad for her. Felt bad for Morgan? Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, they set her up to fail. Like, and she knew it. Like, Sinistron's like... Hey, you know you gotta stay behind. She's like, oh Oof. damn it. Yeah, it's like a sacrifice, right? Because she knows she's not walking away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they what, kind of really already set it up even yeah. when she. Well, they set it up when she was even making her pledge. Like you could kind of foreshadow the fact that she was gonna be left behind. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like, oh, getting the feeling she ain't Do coming you back. Swear from to be okay with being left behind. <laughs> 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 Yes. <laughs> uh, Dan, what did you think of this uh, sword ordeal? Well, Nick's theory is the best. The only other theory I would have is like, I mean, Ezra had three different lightsabers, so maybe she had multiple swords. Like, Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I think Nick, I like the other theories better. Yeah. Sweet. Kyle, what did you think? Well, I... I... I, my theories was just that it's uh, just kind of made for each place that they're at. But I, again, Nick's theory was <laughs> really awesome. So <laughs> yeah, Nick wins. I kind of I like that idea way more. 
Next year, next year wins. That's crazy. I just, I just, I just kind of, I was, I was almost like taken, like by surprise with the question. He's like, oh, what, what do you think? I was like, oh crap, I've got to pull something out of this. Pull something out of this butt, Nick. <laughs> Use the force, man. I thought about it for like two you, seconds. You pulled like, oh, an answer out of the sense. ether, just like the sword. Nick, <laughs> Nick, we always had lost so exactly. much respect. We thought you've been thinking about this for yeah. weeks. I think you're already you're already the number one contender to to, to replace Dave Filoni. Like, well, yeah, you know, give give an answer. Yeah. Um, all right, Blake, you were talking about the sword stance, you know, the hand of the blade sort of thing. Um, you want to elaborate on that? Well, I, I just I, I don't think we've seen combat or like uh, fighting stances, swordsman stances like that in at least the Star Wars before. And the blade seemed to be, if not mistaken, maybe Kyle correct me. It's like a scimitar. Is it kind of styled after that? Where it's like a wider blade. That's what or... I thought it looked like. Okay, like a scimitar is what I a scimitar is a little thicker, but that's kind of what I thought it was. Yeah, that was my first thoughts, which I, I swear I recognize that sort of fighting style where you have one hand on the blade, but I don't know if I would ever personally it use it. Honestly, it honestly gave me more of Chinese Shaolin uh, than anything, because like a lot of the Star Wars fighting styles, um, especially like the Jedi Seven Forms, it's mostly all based off of um, Germanic longsword um, and French fencing especially form two, if you're talking about fencing. Um, but this was very much a lot more like Chinese um, Shaolin using the, um, like if you've seen like in movies and stuff, the kind of sword that has like a little tassel at the bottom of it, using more of those um, acrobatic flips. See, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Scimitar, I think, is from East Asia, where it's, it's uh, I, think, I think the scimitar was actually used by the Sikhs and stuff like that. But as I was saying back in the time, yeah, this definitely is, like, as Francis was saying, like, I, I think it was more like Shaolin monk style, especially with the way she dropped down when she did X. So it was, it was definitely more for that style, but the blade was, it, it was definitely curved, um, but because the flame was on it and it was really dark, it's, it's hard to see it specifically. I'd have to sit and go back and pause and look. But yeah, it, it, it definitely was uh, curved and it was still really nice. Yeah. So follow a question in that, and then is Kyle, will you be offering this sword on your website? <laughs> uh, get this, get this. We are actually getting into sword hilts. So oh, um, hey, look in the go. future. Yeah, look in the future for um, things like actual sword hilts with um, metal blades that actually light up. A, instead of it being a sharp edge, that part will light up. And we're looking at getting into uh, things from Lord of the Rings. So, oh, like, cool. you know, the blade lights mm. up blue, you know? Yeah. Nice. So, so there will be something like that. A welcome one. Dude, a, a, glowing, uh, a glowing sting needs to be updated. That'd be cool. Yeah, okay. yeah that's exactly it. The sting, sting is the one that I'm looking at doing first. What did you say before, Kirk? I just said a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I thought I heard a golden quote in there. Um, yeah. Uh, death troopers turned into real death troopers. I know we already talked about this, but um, did anyone here actually read the death troopers novel? The original? Like yeah. The, the original novel. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've read it through a couple of times. Did you read um, what's it called? It's uh, been a few years. Red Harvest, the, the, the prequel. Yeah, the prequel. Yeah, did you read that too? I did. It wasn't as good. 
Okay. All right. Any follow-up questions? Moving on. You just wanted to know about Reddit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just curious. I was like, yeah, I wonder if anyone here has Reddit. Yeah, like I was sharing before, the the it's the, the zombified stormtroopers. I think are pretty similar, except in the original Death Troopers novels, they're actually trying to eat flesh, which mm-hmm. is probably the one thing I wish was going on here. It kind of looked like it, maybe a little bit with the Death Trooper, Death Trooper. Mm-hmm. Trying to eat Sabine. I love how the bottom of his helmet was like cracked off, and you could see his like remains of his jaw and stuff. Like that was was sick. It's like Like, zombie face underneath. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was probably my favorite part. Wasn't the original zombies a parasite though? I think so. I think it's more of a traditional, um, like zombies, right? Yeah, like you get infected and then you turn. Yeah, yeah. So. Slow moving and like... Well, they, they were kind of yeah. like... They could still use blasters and stuff, though. And they had right. a hive mind. Right, right. Bit more like the like the Geonosian worm, brain worm thing in the Clone Wars. Or right? like the Last of Us zombies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, single this would be cool for cosplaying. Like get some night troopers, like zombified night troopers. Oh, yeah. That'd I be could, cool. I could see this being a thing. A new, a new costume group thing. You know, it's like, oh, let's all go with like... Yeah. Oh, Zomb- for sure. Zombie stormtroopers, yeah. I will say, though, I thought they were all already zombies, and that's why they were called night troopers. Like, they were already dead and risen instead of waiting to die to be risen. Oh, right, right. I, I did kind of think that in the beginning, too, because everybody online was saying zombie troopers. So I was like, oh, Cause it'd be maybe so the Night Sisters did resurrect these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that just, would that would have been cool to start off that way. You're like just kinda, Thrawn and like entire Star Destroyer zombies. You know, okay. Here, here's my own personal thought about that. I think the only reason why they didn't make them undead from the beginning is because they wanted that entrance. Mm. Thrawn, Thrawn, Thrawn. I don't know if they were zombies, it'd be good too. No, dude, no way. Um, okay. By the way, on the on the on the subject. Of, oh, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think that the other reason why they burnt all zombies is because it does take a lot of effort to resurrect and then hold a resurrection. Um, So, like, if because I'm pretty sure in reading the um, Jedi Scars novel, when in, um, spoiler, Marin does it, um, it drains her completely. Like, Mm. all of her energy. So, like, the mothers wouldn't be able to hold on to that for that long. Right. Keep all those uh, soldiers alive. That's a good point. Yeah, that would would be... uh... Yeah, because it's not a lasting spell. Well, that's right. what I'm wondering, though, because my understanding was it was a lasting spell. Well, Grievous kills that old woman, and then they all collapse, right? Like all the zombie night sisters die. How do so. you explain the zombies in the the Jedi Fallen Order game then? Because Mother Talzin's dead. Uh, something. Ha- some, there's a reason for that, isn't there? Isn't there like because they they fall of... out of those pods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But isn't it like that dude that uh, that dark Jedi guy who's like familiar with like Night Sister magic who's responsible for that? Isn't he the one that's like, keeping them going? So is it just Taron Malakos? Yes, Taron Mal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't he the guy that's doing it? I just assumed they were there because it's the Night Sisters that do it. Like it, yeah, um, that's what I thought. Or is there like surviving Night Sisters that are still responsible for for those corpses or something or? That is a good question. I think it was actually no, Marin who summoned, summoned them. Like, I remember in the beginning when Cal got onto the island, Marin was the one that summoned her sisters. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. So she is holding the spell then. So as long as she's alive, they would, Possibly. They would be alive. So. I believe she was using it as like a defense mechanism to get Cal to, to 
go away. Right. Okay. Okay. I trust your yeah, memory. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Right. So so then yeah. So then at least that 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 holds up then because someone's still able to, you know, keep keep the spell going and stuff. Right. So that that makes sense. Um, I gotta say that 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 just go, quickly going back to the way that that's I'm looking at a picture of the sword that you sent there, Francis. Um, the way that she holds the sword with her palm on the edge, I'm like mm-hmm. like man, like wouldn't it not get like a little hot? Like that thing is like flaming green magic. Like <laughs> maybe it's not a hot flame. Yeah, just be like she even, ah, she ah, even ah. kept holding it down. <laughs> like she even kept holding it down. The flames like going straight up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is like, she wearing like flammable crap? <laughs> Dang. Like. To be fair, I know a few um, sword dancers and sword eaters, and so long as you know the placement of the flame and you know the trail of the flame and where it's going, you won't actually get burnt by it no matter how close you are. And she's just being really smart with it then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play with fire, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it you to the pros. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're not. Aren't, aren't the flames also just like an extension of their power, too? So wouldn't it just be... right? like a living part of their power kind of coming out on in the sword. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, her yeah. eyes glow green. I could definitely see that. Yeah. I could see that being like, maybe it's not real. Fire. That's also it's like a good magic point. fire. doesn't, doesn't and harm her at all. More energy yeah. instead of flame. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if we opened up like the, the subtitles or the closed captions, it's like, do not attempt professionals. Use this sword only. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Good, yeah. For 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 ranked Voldemort's or higher. <laughs> um, okay, Ezra's on to his third lightsaber. Um, third lightsaber, dang. I mean, like even you know, not many people go through three lightsabers. So Vader like, did. Vader. Vader. I lo- did. I love that scene with Hu Yang where like they brought it back to Kanan with the. Um, oh, and he's building piece. it. Yeah, yeah when he's building it, like that. That was really cool. Though I immediately yeah. noticed that Ezra said his master was Kanan, and then Hu Yang says, "Ah, Caleb." Yes, and I loved how they did that. So, how did he know Kanan and Caleb were the same? Just talking to Ahsoka, or is yeah, the only explanation? Or I, like, I, I, how do we I know? Think, yes, I think I think it's kind of like well established, like the moment that Kanan reveals himself as a Jedi, and that being Caleb Doom, right? Like it's kind of. To the people who knew Caleb Doom, it's like a it's like a lingering thing. And Hu Yang has somehow survived all this event, right? Like so somehow the word got out, somehow he knows about about, you know, Caleb's survival. So because Ezra knows Caleb as Kanan, you know, when he refers to him as Kanan, Hu Yang worked it backwards and he's like, Ah, oh, Caleb, right? Like he's mm-hmm. just like, Yeah, I love how they did that. I was like, Oh, cool. Uh, to people who've never seen Star Wars Rebels, they're like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> what the heck are they talking about? What the, what the heck? Whoops. I like to think that when Kanan did his Jedi Knight trials, somehow the temple just alerted the archives. Because the temple right. and the Jedi Order, technically what survives of it, know that he's a knight now. Oh, Kanan? Yeah, like, yeah. you're talking about like when he gets knighted in the, in the Lothal Temple? Yeah, if the Force knighted him, I'd like to think that the Force also somehow made an archive mentioning that, yes, Caleb Dune is Kanan Jarrus, and he's been knighted. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. I think the temples would have to be connected in some way. Because it seems like the archives on Coruscant Temple... No, they're gone, yeah. Well, no. Imperial. Imperial Yeah, they're under imperial control. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the ancient temple on Lothal has any sort of technological archive or recording stuff, no. though. 
you know, if anything, Ahsoka would have filled Hu Yang in, right? Because at some point they linked up and... Or yeah, Hera. Or Hera, right? Yeah, someone Because Hera's on board for a while, so... Yeah, yeah, someone would have told him. Um, uh, Ezra uses the Ada shuttle that uh, was most likely used by Balin at the start of the series to escape the Chimera and go to the New Republic. And I liked how it was sort of that whole classic Star Wars symmetry thing. You know, like the series opened with a certain Jedi shuttle going on the ship and it was chaos and terrible things. And they ended off with a hopeful moment. And it's the same shuttle probably because it's Balin and Shin's shuttle. Um, Probably, you know, docked on the eye of Sion or the, then the chimera whatever right and uh, Ezra uses that one to like get back home again and I like I loved it I was like oh that's such a great like way to kind of look back at the gripe beginning number of the one show. yeah that's oh that's a gripe of yours really yeah. no oh. no no my only gripe is why did he walk down the the ramp his with his helmet trooper? on yeah. oh <laughs> yeah as yeah. a stormtrooper there's no reason for him to do that he could have just taken his helmet off walked down like hey guys yeah, I know. I was thinking we'll have to do a supercut where, like, as soon as he starts coming down, someone has, like, PTSD they flashback. <laughs> yeah, and they all start shooting him. <laughs> just for a moment. Well, like, he's like wearing that while he was flying. Like, he would have taken it off once he got clear. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. yeah. I, I mean, guess. it's a cool, it makes for a cool scene, but practically there was no reason for it other than, like, I agree. I Let's agree. have this moment of suspense. I agree. The one thing I noticed immediately. What was that? What was that about Boba? I was going to say I'm just going to call that along the lines of that Boba Fett spin, and we all know which one I'm talking about. Oh the man! Yeah, and there's no just had to, to remind me of that. Oh, <laughs> that one dude that like, like does here, the I'm full just, 360 spin in the, in the, in the scooter. <laughs> scooter um, yeah, scooter guy. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, the one-eyed yeah. scooter guy. <laughs> it's like okay, I'm gonna risk my life that bad for something that looks really cool. Well, man, I'm like, gonna walk down this thing with my mask on, you know. Dude, that that, that that dude only has one eye. I wouldn't be spinning at all. I'd be like, so you know, he lost like, that eye the first time. Yeah, it's like you can't afford to spin That's around right. and shoot. Like you only got one eye. Like, <laughs> man, like you have to see it. That night, yeah. the bar going, dude, I did it. Finally did it. I told you I'd do it. Yeah. He had a bet, 10 credits with his mate at Mos Eisley. Oh, jeez. Um, I bet you a new lie. That's a good trick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Shoot, spins, shoots like some innocent person in the face, you know. Like, oh, crap, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, if Ezra was wearing that Stormtrooper armor, the first thing that I thought was that it must be really grody inside. Because if a zombie Stormtrooper has been in there for the last like 10 years, <laughs> 10, 10 years or whatever, oh, like, did he wash that thing before he put it on? Like, it's just, like, oh, that's the first thing I thought I, of. I hope so, yeah. No, they said there was backup coming, so you're, you're on switch some quick. Well, not all of them You're were on dead. Some though. planet with no women. You're not going to wash that often. Come on, man. Right. <laughs> it's a bunch of men. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like the, the the helmets when when Sam and Frodo like put on the orc helmets. Like, man, I wouldn't be wearing one of those. They stink like, like oh yeah, like, terrible. Stink like butt. Yeah, like, the <laughs> smell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I will say, to be fair, during Rebels, there were quite a few times where 
Kanan and Ezra keep their armor on, get into a rebel base, and they're like, who are you? And they're like, don't shoot, wait, it's us, damn it. Ezra, why didn't you remind me to take off my helmet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I, I, like, I agree, I agree with you, Dan. I, like, that was the one, the one moment, too. I was like, oh, really? Like, I don't know, I don't know, but whatever. Um, Balin, uh, you know, what he's looking for, um, what is he looking for? Like, like well, we don't know. We don't know. We just know that he wants to stop the cycles between the Jedi and the Sith. Yeah, he wants to break the cycle, right? And um, you know what? What this has to he be- was standing on the father's uh, uh, statue. So, and yeah. and the father's statue is pointing in a certain way, and he's looking God. in that direction. Yeah, let's explain that. Yeah, um, the the father, the son, and the daughter are these like three force godlike people that live on a mystical world called Mortis, which ultimately all of them end up dying, and Mortis is uh, kind of thought to be destroyed after Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka have their adventure there. And uh, I guess Anakin is kind of revealed as the chosen one to replace the father and to take over that place. And he kind of ultimately gives up that that choice. Um, he, however, he is still the chosen one even after Mortis, of course. But um, but that, that kind of is a role that he was sort of meant to fill that he no longer has fulfilled. Um, but the Mortis gods, like the daughter, I think, introduces themselves as the beginning, the middle, and the end. And um, the the whole planet kind of works as like this really weird cycle of day and night. Night rolls around, everything dies, you know, day pops up, and everything kind of comes back to life again. It's this really weird, it's, weird place. It's the place. full four seasons within a 24-hour period. Yeah, it's a really strange kind of, kind of place that they're in, you know, and... Um, through the whole thing, I think they start to question whether or not they were actually there, right? And uh, it turns out that, you know, this place was real and this place is, is like, a, you know, not in their imagination or anything like that. And, you know, perhaps there's other beings or civilizations out there that, that perhaps, like, believed or even, like, worshipped these people, like, you know, for, for who they were within the Force. And in, uh, in this other galaxy... I mean, maybe they resi- well, maybe they're known through other galaxies. Maybe you know, I, I, I have a hard time believing that the witches of Dathomir, who once kind of resided in Aperidia, also shared a homeworld with the gods of Mortis. Like that, to me, is a little odd. But um, you know, I think it's sort of reasonable to think that maybe you know they have uh, an understanding of who these people are, right? Because these Night Sister people kind of go way back, right? Um, perhaps they are more familiar with the sun. Maybe the sun is responsible for somehow, you know, providing them with the magics. Um, well, it's interesting that the sister statue is destroyed. Yeah. Cause my original thoughts were when she died in the clone wars episode, maybe there's a connection that it crumbled, but as you just point out, the father's also dead. They're all dead. I, I forgot. I thought the son was still alive. No, the son, Anakin killed the son. All right. Yeah. Well, in that case, I know, I, I'm going to say, friend. Oh, I was going to say, Francis and I were discussing this before uh, we got on tonight, and I bet you a thousand to one he's itching right now to freaking probably say something because he's the one that actually pointed out to me that hey, he goes, "This is the father," and he goes, "Wait, when when Anakin does go to that planet, it, he had said that he traveled to a different galaxy, and then that's the planet he's on." And so, I mean, now with you guys talking about it too, it, it's. I kind of could well, see it. Chance that like the remnants of Mortis are actually—it's not exactly one place because the way they entered it was kind of like a forced nexus. It could 
bits and pieces of Mortis could exist on different worlds. And also, to kind of bring it back to a different point that you were mentioning, um, Statue of the Daughter is destroyed because um, the, the daughter did give her life force to resurrect Ahsoka. And I remember when um, last season of the Clone Wars... Um, oh, not Clone Wars. Um, uh, Rebels came out with all the stuff with um, the world between worlds. Uh, there were a lot of theories going around that um, Ahsoka is now the daughter's nexus or the connection the daughter has to the universe because she gave her life force and she still has um, and she still meets with the daughter's owl. Mm-hmm. So in that case, let, following that line of thinking, that would mean even though the father and the son are both dead, they still have a connection to the galaxy or the universe in this case? You, uh, you I'd say that's likely life force? because uh, they probably have some sort of um, uh, what's the word in mythology? Um, they probably have some sort of uh, patron in the world that still channels their power, but the daughter's powers all siphoned into Ahsoka, so she no longer kind of exists in the universe as it is. Mm-hmm. Except for the owl. Isn't the owl part of her? Yeah. That's the the spirit yeah, guide. Yeah, the owl was her companion. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna throw a theory out there just because, um, you know, Balin Balin, um, you know, is is not knowing of these events, right? Like Balin doesn't know that the father, the son, and the daughter have all died, right? He is familiar, perhaps, with maybe a childhood story that these people existed. Or perhaps he's come across some civilization's mythology uh, that or hints towards their their the, existence, right? In the ancient Jedi archives, because we see there's right. depictions of them on the Temple of Lothal. So at some point, they right. were they were part of the, information within the Jedi. Yeah, itself. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just gonna throw it out there as a theory, but um, perhaps he doesn't know that they're dead, right? Perhaps he seeks them in order to break the cycle, because whatever, as we know from the Mortis trilogy in the in the Clone Wars, we know that whatever kind of happens on Mortis has an impacting effect on the rest of the galaxy. You know, and whatever Anakin does there has a lingering effect in the war. And so the, the father tells him, he says, as my son gains power in the dark side, so do uh, the Sith in, in your war, right? And um, I think that kind of stuck with me too, like when it sort of like, oh, this place is incredibly important, right? And, um, you know, if it's up to Balin, who's this guy who's like seeking kind of an end to um, all of this, this, this cycle, right? Like perhaps he's aware that there is a cycle of light and dark on this planet. And perhaps he thinks that has something to do with the power that controls the galaxy in, in where he's from. So maybe he seeks them out in order to break that cycle. Maybe, maybe going to perhaps with ambition to destroy the gods of Mortis or something like that. You know, it's an ambitious sort of idea that he's got, you know, perhaps this theory just, you know, goes nowhere. But, you know, that's just kind of what I was thinking because he doesn't know what happened with Anakin and everybody else on that place. You know, like, they, they don't even talk about it. So, like, you know, how is he supposed to know, right? Um, is it just me as well, like, of, of you saying that? I feel like in this episode that they cut out a good five or ten minutes of Balin's scenes just because the previous episode we had a bit more and then this one we only had a good five seconds of him standing on top of the uh, 
the the stat the statue. I feel like that's because of like the unfortunate passing of Ray Stevenson, and they don't exactly know what they're gonna do with the character. But maybe that's just me. I feel like from watching this episode, because of his lack of appearance, they definitely decided to cut out a lot of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um. That kind of leads me to my next question, though, is um, just like, you know, out of the, the group here, what do, maybe we can go down the list. We can start with you, Blake. Um, how do you think this story for Balin will continue? And I ran a Twitter oh, poll man. on this. So if anyone's following the Twitter, I'm going to read the, the poll results after we all after. go down the list. But here, I'm going to present you all with three options. OK, will they recast the character? Will they write out the character? Uh, or will they finish this character story in a different form of media, whether it's a book, comic, or animated show? I honestly am not sure. They wrote themselves into a pickle. So it's unfortunate because we kind of saw this happen with The Last Jedi as well, right? With Carrie Fisher passing, they had to kind of go out of their way quite a bit to try to make things work. So I'm not sure how much is written to continue with Balin and how integral that story is to what happens. Because that's... If they, they might be forced to recast, it might not. I have no idea. It's a good question. Um, I the I'd say my my biggest concern is that this seems to be the most interesting plot line for me. So the fact that they have to deal with this is quite annoying, and I hope they don't have to cut anything out that would have been a better story arc than something that's kind of half hashed together to to make up for it. Mm, yeah. Right. Um. Kirk. Uh. Kirk has to has to drop out. So uh, we'll we'll catch you later, Kirk. Uh, he g- provides this episode with a two out of three Pablo points. And for the Balin question, he says, uh, I'm going to say a character recast. Gerard Butler is the top, <laughs> top <laughs> is my top pick for, uh, for a recast. Ha ha. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to join the boat with Kirk there. Let's just see Gerard Butler take over. All we need is some, you know, uh, just for men touch ups and we're good to go. <laughs> Uh, all right, sweet. Uh, Kyle, maybe you can uh, throw in your 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 opinion here. What do you, what do you think? Recast, uh, write out, or alternate, or like, uh, well, finish in a different media. Okay, okay, okay. I I I love the the actor that that like he played him to a T, and if they recast him, that guy's got some really big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. So I I hope that if they are going to do something, it's either they're going to end his arc real quickly and just give him the 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 end battle that he freaking deserves, or if they are going to recast, I hope that that guy understands how big this is for a character and for the people of Star Wars. Like, so I hope he he I hope he's able to fill those shoes. I I don't know which way it's going to go, but. Either way, it's it's going to be a, a a bitter, harsh, maybe joyful at the same time, but who knows, sort of thing. No, that's fair. Now, I would, I do want to add that if they do recast, I just want it to be something. Yeah, in that's the kind of where I'm at with it. Like uh, some of the Doctor Who, where they have an explanation where Time Lords like regenerate. So I don't know if, 
if they throw in some. <laughs> did we, Josh? Did we lose some you? Magic or something? Oh, did we? Yeah. Uh, what's we, uh? <laughs> what's going on here? Hold on a second. Uh oh. I think we're uh, somehow disconnected with the other people. Uh -oh. oh no! It's the uh, it's the separatist alliance. Oh no! <laughs> the way that you said that made me so think of that old show. Pot has just been intercepted by the separatist alliance. <laughs> If you are tuning in right now, don't go anywhere. Leave a review and make it a good one. Okay, all right. I think I think I think we're back. I think we're back. Well, there, <laughs> there we go. What happened? There we go. We're there taken we over go. by the separatists. Yeah, yeah. For technical difficulties. <laughs> oh man. They, okay. they were just jamming our signal here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Say say again, Kyle. Uh, since uh, we lost you there. Uh, well, all I was saying is that look, it's it's if they recast them, it's going to be some big shoes to fill the guy's gonna have to do, really understand what this character means for a lot of people and if they do decide to write out his arc i kind of hope that they just write it out you know quickly but they give him the battle that he absolutely deserves at the end and in either way it's going to be uh, kind of like a bittersweet end to this character no matter what they do right Right. Yeah, that's that's fair. I you know, and Ray Stevenson, like like you were saying, like, you know, and like what you were saying, Blake, like, I mean, and Dan, I mean, like, I think everyone here can agree like it, it's he is such a tremendous actor, like, you know, for this for this character. It's hard to imagine anyone else playing him. So it's a hard decision to make. Um, uh, you know, I saw, you know, I saw this one meme online where it's like. Uh, it showed a picture of him as Balin. And it's like, I wish that he could see the the absolute outcry of 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 love for this character that that he's getting you know and we wish he could see it so that's it's it's again going to be bittersweet either way oh absolutely yeah so true uh dan what do you what were your thoughts on on this what what would you pick recast write out finishing a book it, it is so heartbreaking Ray Stevenson nailed this character. He's so interesting, and you could tell that they're setting it up to be like a major storyline. And I, if you haven't seen Rome, I can't recommend Rome enough. He was so great in that show. Um, I, the one thing I would say is, I mean, we've seen recasting done before. The biggest one probably would be Dumbledore. Like you know, it's mm -hmm. things happen. Um, it would depend on where they're going with the story. If there is a lot more story to his character, then I would say it's okay to recast him and just make sure it's the right person and that they know the, sh the shoes that they're filling. Um, otherwise, if it's just a little bit more story, then you know I'm okay with it being in a book or a comic, but I'm okay seeing the character keep going um, if they get the right guy. Right. Uh, and I'm happy to, to see Ray Stevenson go out like, on this high and like, you know, hopefully wherever he is, he's looking down, seeing the love he's getting from the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not often that, you know, th that a character like this is, is, um, so widely sort of just respected by absolutely everybody who sees it. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. So widely. It was especially Star Wars too. fans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like especially for Star Wars fans. That's why I was like, and it was instant. It didn't take the ten freaking years it does for <laughs> most of the fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. People just coming out of Jar Jar now. Sean, Sean, at least people are now starting to love Hayden. That's true. Yeah, yeah. 
Minus Josh, he's always loved Hayden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always loved you. Hayden. Number one fan, right, Josh? Uh, I've always loved you, Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> call me. Just so you know, yeah, give me a call. Uh, hey, I can actually say I can actually say I've always loved Hayden. So but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Now the real question. Throw is, back to episode four after cl- after show. Did you always love Wicket? Because I think that was a big uh, change for people too. And uh, Return of the Jedi came out. Right. It was the same thing as like Phantom Menace. Yeah. It was very jarring for the OG fans. It was. It was uh, a bit jarring. I mean, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, but Kyle, you, you, you kind of got into Star Wars a bit later, right? Yeah. That's, that's very true. I, I did. That's, that's why I was giving a throwback to uh, my first time on the episode when I kind of got to tell you guys how I got into Star Wars, which is the very first one I ever, I can't say the very first one because I seen it when I was a kid. I just never really got into it. I was Ninja Turtles, Transformers, and that sort of stuff. But after the military, um, seeing Attack of the Clones uh, really changed me. So it, that's really where it progressed me into the, to the, to the company that I own today. So it's, it's, yeah. So that's why I can actually say, when it comes to Hayden, yes, that's the guy. I freaking love him, and he's freaking awesome. So since the beginning. Nice. Awesome. Join the club. <laughs> All right, Sean, what, 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 uh, what are your thoughts on this? Is it uh, recast, write out, or finishing a book? I almost don't want to see him recast, personally, uh, but I would hate to leave his story just, like, left alone, so I would rather see this done in a book because I think you can still embrace the character that Ray created but then we don't have to worry about mm-hmm. all those other things that come with like recasting and I, and, and then, or leaving his story completely unfinished. I, I personally uh, am with you on that. I, I would love to see um, a really, just a really well-written book about Balin Skull and kind of have that segue his story from the moment we leave it off, you know, in this series and into wherever he's supposed to be uh, kind of later down his character road, right? But that being said, I mean, like, you know, I don't know what Dave's plan is. Like, maybe he's supposed to be such an integral part of, you know, going forward and maybe his his move. Like, he's supposed to be directing a movie, right? Like, maybe he was supposed to be such a main character in that movie that maybe everything has now changed. And then I, I have no idea. But at, just as it is right now, you know, seeing what we saw kind of just imagining where they could go and write around that storyline, but then also finish his story in a, in a, you know, I think I would be okay with the book. I'd be okay with that. Uh, Cause I my, personally have a really tough time getting around recasting as well. But. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about it. My only issue with the book though, is you're, you, it seems like they're building up this huge mythos story because of the tie to the Mortis mm-hmm. uh, son, daughter and father. I would hate to see that then go to such a smaller audience with a novel because not everyone who watches the shows reads the books. Right, right. And I guess that is a sort of a downside to that. Um, but you could also be the same said for Clone Wars fans. Like not all Clone Wars fans read Dark Disciple. But, you know, maybe maybe those same fans are wondering like, oh, what happened to Ventress? Right. But it's like, well, it's like if you haven't read Son of Dathomir or Dark Disciple, you're missing out on... 12 episodes of Clone Wars and uh, you know, that's how you finish the show. It's like you, you consume that material. So Star Wars is such a weird thing that in that sense, you know, it's like, yeah. there's, it's like, Oh, if you don't watch the shows, you know, you don't have a, as good of an understanding as 
of the movies or, or vice versa or whatever. And then that same goes for the animated shows with the live action shows. And then the same goes for like the animated shows and like the comics and the books and stuff. So yeah, it, it just goes deeper and deeper. It just goes deeper and deeper. But right? the vast yeah. majority of people just stay at kind of the surface level with just the shows, right? For sure, yeah. And the fact that everyone who's watched Clone Wars always loves the Mortis trilogy and how it just adds all this depth to the lore mm-hmm. of the Force and stuff, I would love to see that finally get to the main audiences because it's been so universally loved. Yeah. So I'd hate to miss that. It is cool having that, that depth, though. Like, you have all that material for those that want to get more out of it they're like oh i have all this other stuff i can go read and listen to and look at yeah Yeah, absolutely uh nick how would you like this to carry on um i don't know i don't think i have too much to say about this because i'm not like i'm not I wasn't like super invested in the character just because like he well he is a brand new character and i was like Honestly, I was just more um, <clears throat> focused on like other storylines, but obviously this is a big this is a big one, or it could be a big one. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I guess it comes down to what it, what whatever they want to do with this character. If they want to make a whole arc about this hit this journey that he goes on, <laughs> and maybe tie it in to like season two or the movie or something, um, then I think, I don't know, I think he might have to be recast to really tell the story to its fullest potential. Yeah, Um, would we ever want to see a CG version of him instead? Like D.H. Luke situation? That's a valid Uh, question. Not if if he's going to be like... Uh, not not if he's going to have a lot of screen time, right? Mm. Yeah, he's gonna I was like going to say one, the same thing. One of the main that's characters. That's going to cost forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I I don't know. Depends on where where they wanted to go with this story. I mean, I think it's they could just leave it like where it is, or kind of let him go off on this journey because because his whole thing is trying to not bring balance to the force but basically just <clears throat> destroy or stop like the the fight between like the good and the light side almost just like is it what, what was that kind of his goal was to not have jedi and sith anymore but to have like a wider more broader understanding of the force in general i you know i think that's some of the mystery about his character that i've actually appreciated is not really understanding what he's after and uh i guess some of the draw for for me is is that exactly like i don't really know what he wants like it's just uh vague and sort of he seeks greater power but he also seeks to destroy the powers at bay and we could play that clip again if you want when he tries to explain it to shin yeah I have the time code here from last week. All right, let me look it up. Um, in the meantime, uh, Francis, what what do you, what do you think? What would you want out of this out of this storyline? Man, that's a hard question. Cause yeah, you could CG him in. I mean, God knows Disney has the resources and the archives to do so, but there's just. I was, I mean, you're right. 
the Mortis trilogy is just so universally beloved. And when I saw their statues, I was like, yes, yes. And then I remembered, I'm like, no, no, he can't be gone. <laughs> but I, I do hope that they finish that storyline because there's just so much there for people to enjoy and there's just so much there for people to really delve into and kind of going along with what um, uh, his character motivations were I mean just to go into Legends a little bit he could have wanted some sort of order like the original Jedi where those that went in too far into the light had to like in the original um the original planet they had two moons one represented the light one represented the dark and when you delve too much into the light side you're banished to the dark side of the moon to reflect on more of your personal interest and what you want out of the galaxy and if you delve too much into the dark side you're banished to the light side of the moon to meditate on less personal but more of what can I do for others and maybe he wants something like that where in some sort of order that has a true balance between the two and strives for um, something greater by destroying the old and making something new but hmm. yeah I, I, I don't know it's, it's a hard hard choice and like the others were saying if he gets recast those are some big shoes to fill um, but however they do it I would just like his story to be concluded because there was just so much there. So, if you had to pick one, though, like you know, which one? Which one would you would you go with? If if they can't recast him, I'd like some sort of animated. Okay. Uh, thing. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's go the next season of Wars. Now, so maybe maybe like a Tales of the Jedi. That's sort what of, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, a couple of short animated episodes or something. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Another Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, here's an audio bite from Part Six, far, far away, when Balin talks to his apprentice Shin Hati. Do you know the one she seeks so desperately? Bridget? No, he's too young comes from a breed of Balkan Jedi trained in the wild after the temple fell. Like me? No. He was trained as a Jedi. You, I trained to be something more. Do you miss it? The Order? I miss the idea of it, but not the truth, the weakness. There was no future there. You clearly see one here, in this wasteland. I see what once was the great witch kingdom of the Dathmiri. The existence of the Great Mothers confirms this. They seem eager to leave this place. Maybe we should too. 
Perhaps they flee a power greater than their own. Something calls to me. Can't you hear it? Something stirs here. Can't you see it? I see bandits. There's no need for bloodshed. Well, there you go. That's interesting. Because he believes that, like, I guess the Night Sisters are trying to get away because they're fearing something, right? So that changes a lot as to, like, his ambitions, what he's after. He thinks that someone's alive. Or something. Or something, right? And um, there was, uh, I guess, there's some, I don't, I don't think it'll go this far, okay? But uh, there is some uh, word that um, there is the potential, I guess, uh, that the, the, that Abeloth, the, the mother, could be brought into canon from, from Legends, right? Because uh, in the canon so far, we've got the father and the daughter and the son. And Abeloth is supposed to be this kind of, this wild card, dark mother person that's got like tentacleized hands. And she's like this creepy looking demon person that's just been imprisoned for however long because of her, I guess, her uh, extremism. You know, would you say maybe from with the dark side or something like that? I don't give me hope. I'd love to see that. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about her other than her existing. Uh, maybe you'd be able to explain it a little better than I could. I can't honestly, because like it's it's very um, it's very maybe maybe Francis might be able to. Do, do you know do you know a bit more about this 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 person or? About Aboloth? Yeah. Oh, mi fratan Cristo. Oh. So, a long time ago, um, a woman found Mortis, and she finds the family there. After a long time, she becomes welcomed to the family, and she's, she becomes a mother of sorts to the two children. But, after being there for many decades, she eventually realizes that her children and her so-called husband are immortal, and they have the force in their veins, and she is just a regular person. Her children will have to one day live without a mother, because she could tame the two much better than the father ever could. So, in an act of desperation, she goes to um, the light side, um, uh, is it a f the light side fountain, I forget what the dark side one was, um, but she drinks from the light side fountain, and she goes to the dark side um, equivalent, and after delving into both sides of the forest, she begins to gain... A lot of power. And the father had told her before that if she were to ever try this, she would lose everything. And once she tries to drink from the dark side, that's when, like, immediately the father knew and he was there and he told her, like, look, I warned you. And he immediately banished her and took her power away and basically threw her to the winds. But... 
she had taken the power of like basically the daughter and the son without any of the balance from the father and no matter what the father did she still had a tremendous amount of power growing inside of her and so he came back to basically whoop them a new one and all three of them realized that this was no longer their mother this is an entire entity in and of itself. And so what the three of them did was they sealed her inside of a black hole as a, some sort of prison for her, making it so that for the rest of time, she can't escape because her power is too great for this universe. Mm -hmm. If you want to go into it further... After the destruction of Mortis, the, pris the prison is destroyed, and she goes back into the universe, and she encounters Luke in his prime. And those are those legend stories. Yeah, well, um, yeah, thank you for that. Um, so that would actually be around this timeline. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it would be. Yes. Yeah. So I, I guess the likelihood of going in down a rabbit hole with that kind of story though uh you know like that that is a big doozy to drop on the galaxy you know whole you know next level like you know we think thrawn like okay thrawn they're building up thrawn as like the next big baddie so like where is this going like where is this Valen mm -hmm. story going that won't overshadow that being said they already canonized the the father the brother and the sister so yeah. it's completely on the table here's the other thing is perhaps there is something that maybe, you know, had something to do with, with the ones, you know, with, with the father, daughter, son, so on and so forth, that uh, could be of use that isn't a person and could be a, an item. You know, we know from perhaps, uh, I think it was the second episode of that trilogy, that there was a, something called the Dagger of Mortis which was like the only thing that could kill the sun, right? Mm -hmm. So if mystical objects like that exist, you know, maybe it's not super far-fetched that perhaps this is uh, one of the reasons that, you know, he seeks this power. You know, perhaps there is some source of, of power on Peridia that the Night Sisters fear because they can't use it and it would defend itself if they tried to take it, but because maybe he's like a sort of a dark Jedi, sort of in-betweener, sort of as how he thinks of himself. Maybe he thinks he's got a shot, right? Maybe he doesn't know enough at all. Maybe he's going to this blind, you know, doesn't even know what he's after. It's like, just go where I call. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, good question, because I'm always leaning towards that second idea where he just senses something yeah. and he has an idea of what he wants to do. Yeah. But I don't know. We would know Morgan's getting visions. I have no idea what his situation is. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It, but didn't didn't he say can't you hear it calling? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Because because that that to me that to me means that it's something it's a power that kind of wants to get out. Right. Yeah that that is interesting. So, it is so it's 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 like them. Yeah, like them calling the night sisters, you know, and stuff. Oh, they, I've traveled an ocean of stars. Well, so did he. Yeah. Yeah, he's come a long way and, and purposely did not get on that ship back home for a reason, right? Um, here's another, just throwing it out there. Maybe it's the maybe it's a, a doorway to Mortis, or, or sorry, a doorway to the world between worlds. Maybe he thinks he can break the cycle by using the world between worlds to like alter time, 
which is another dangerous plot line for them to go down. But, you know, just kind of throwing that out there. Maybe because we did see, like you said, you know, the guard, the gods of Mortis were on the Jedi Temple on Lothal pointing towards the door. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. It's right. weird that the, the mother has never been shown any of that stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think if they wanted to bring it in, unless they change that character radically, right? Maybe they change the character radically to the point where it fits better into canon. Kind of like the Death Troopers, right? Maybe it's just going to be, uh, oh, that's how they work it in, you know? Uh, Dan, I want to hear your gripes uh, before you wrap up. <laughs> we need a new segment called Dan's Gripes. Dan's Gripes, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I got to put my son to bed, so we got to wrap this up. Um, my only other gripe is uh, Enoch. He's such a cool character, and like Phasma, didn't do anything with him. Yeah. Um, hoping that they set him up for season two or the movie something, because we know nothing about him he, other than he looks cool. Well, that hopefully you don't get exactly what happened with Phasma, which is then the last Jedi yeah. to get this cheesy <laughs> <Nothing>. duel. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I really like the actor. If you haven't seen The Expanse, he's uh, great in that. And so I'm hoping they do more with him in future seasons. Sweet. All right. So so cost, costumed up Ezra and not enough Enoch. Yeah, that was my only two gripes. Uh, right. Other than that, like, solid episode. Awesome. Well, that leads me to my uh, final question, and then we'll do Pablo Points of Pudus. Real quick, we're going to run through the list. Kyle, we'll start with you, and then Dan, uh, and then Blake. Um, okay, do you think this story is going to continue directly into a season two or Dave Filoni's movie? Go. Ooh, okay. I, I Because of Balin, if it was before uh, uh, you know the death of the actor, um, I think that it, they would have directly gone into season two and and kept that storyline going but i think because of the actor they're gonna bring in um some dude that they can just paste his face over they're gonna do a movie he's gonna have an epic fallout and the movie's gonna be epic and then they'll go into season two from there that's what i think is gonna happen awesome dan um oof, i don't know i think maybe a season two and then a movie just because they have so much more to to set up and do but it could go either way all right Blake. man it's a tough call i don't know because they haven't announced anything nope nothing so, nothing's green lit so it's all just what do you think is gonna happen i'm gonna go the other way i'm gonna say that they will release a whole plethora of novels <laughs> nice <laughs> all right shauna what do you think Uh, oh my God. I don't know. I think it's going to be a mix of everything. All right. Gonna, they will have, I think they'll have another show, but like probably also write a book and then it's all going to come into this one big movie. So that's, that's my two cents. Premonition. <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Uh, hmm. I'm not sure. I think, well, because you said they haven't, nothing's been confirmed yet, right? And I think that's kind of on purpose because they want to maybe, like, not. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're going to do a season two of Ahsoka. I think it's just going to be, like, the, like everything, all the loose ends are going to going to be tied up in in the in that movie. Because um, Star Wars is such a big uh, universe, right, or galaxy, or more than one galaxy. Um, that I don't think they need to spend a lot of time 
on any certain character. Like, they did, like, one season of Boba Fett. The Mandalorian, they did a few seasons, but, like, they could do Ahsoka, and then they... I think they're just going to move on to a different story. Because, um, like, there's so so many stories you can tell. Um, I don't think they need to get caught up in spending years continuing with one or two uh, kind of ca- characters. Unless they... I mean, they're Disney. They could just have multiple seasons of multiple shows going all the time. But maybe that would be the case. But I don't know. I don't think there's going to be season two. And if there is, it won't be for a while. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just going to all get wrapped up, wrapped up in, in, a, in, a, in a movie. Boom. There you go. Francis, what do you think? Season two or movie? I think it's going to tie in... <clears throat> tie into the movie but i'm hopeful that they'll continue and have a season two afterwards um but i i feel like the main plot points of thrawn's return and what thrawn um is setting out to do in the galaxy i feel like that's probably going to be the dave filoni movie sweet okay i personally also think it's going to be in the movie uh only because they had the guts to come out and say that that was in production before ahsoka even hit disney plus uh, that's just my thoughts, but yeah. Um, to get back to the polls, uh, I'm going to read the results of that. So as far as the Balin results go, 78.3 people per, uh, per, percent of people think that Balin will be recast. Uh, 8.7% think it'll be a write-out, and 13% think it'll be finished in a book, and I assume by that mentality and other form of media, right? Uh, as far as the continuation of the story goes, 78.9% believe it'll be season two, and 21.1 believe it'll be Dave's movie in the New Republic. So there we go. That's the results in the polls. And uh, for those of you who are not following us on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, I put out I like, some polls sometimes. I like X Twitter because it sounds like it's... X Twitter. You've X Twitter. <laughs> the best. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, Pablo Points of Pudos real quick. Um, for those of you who don't know, Pablo Points of Pudos is a rating system on the podcast this is a score out of, uh, it was a scale of seven. Three Pablo Pudus is the absolute worst of the worst. Moving up from there, you got two Pablo Pudus, then one Pablo Pudu, and then you got a Bendu. Bendu is a 50% score. That's the one in the middle. Then you got Pablo points. One Pablo point, two Pablo points, and then three Pablo points being reserved for the best of the best of the best. So, uh, Francis, maybe we'll start with you, man. Uh, what'd you think of this one? Man, why'd you start with me? Um, I, I don't know, it, it, as an episode in and of itself, it could have been better, but I do like everything that it set up and all of the things that were in it, so I, I think I'd give it one Pablo point, is that it? One Pablo point, yeah, that's good, that's a, it's a good score, it's not a great score, it's not a middle score, it's a good score though, it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's around like 60-65%. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, Dan, um, what, do you, what do you feel about this one? I, I give it a two, um, it's a pretty solid episode, had some great action scenes, I love seeing the tower crumble. Um, Zombie Night Troopers was awesome. Good lightsaber battle. Um, but you know, had some gripes. Wish to see some more stuff done story wise. It left a lot of cliffhangers, which is cool. It keeps you wanting more. But yeah, solid two. 
Awesome, awesome. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? Well, okay. I, I, the end. I, I, I know that they're trying to make cliffhangers for whatever they're going to do, the movie or the second season. And you know, I'm not going to base like that. That knocked it down a few for me, but I'm not going to base my thing on that. I loved the fight scenes. Uh, I love the storyline. Thrawn was amazing. So for me, I'm going to go 2.25 for that one. Sweet. Shauna, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it two uh, Pablo points. I really did like this episode a lot. Um, I didn't think it was a perfect episode, though, so that's why I'm only giving it two. Fair enough. Nick, what do you think? Uh, hmm. I thought it was de de decent overall, wrapped up everything fairly well, left left some uh, enticing, like, cliffhangers for uh, whatever comes next. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was a decent episode. I I'd give it a two, but the uh, Ahsoka-Morgan uh, duel was actually quite epic, so I'm going to give it a 2.5. Zero one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Cool. Cool. Blake, what do you think? Yeah, this is a tricky episode because it had positives, but it also I had a few gripes myself. So I will say I think they stuck too many cliffhangers in this episode, and they should have put something in the previous one. I know that was something that really annoyed me last episode. Mm -hmm. It felt like it was a random middle of the season as opposed to a a kind of like right before the finale. Yeah. So you're not really leading into anything crazy. And I'm really annoyed with, like, I, I like the casting of Thrawn, but I'm not happy with how they're portraying him so far. Okay. So the actor's doing a great job, but I hate how Thrawn, to me at least, feels like he's being foiled too easily. Mm. It seems like he's just he just narrowly got away. Where his character is supposed to be, he's always like 10 steps ahead. So... If I were to have done it, it would be that Thrawn is succeeding all the way up to the last minute where Asuka does something spontaneous or whatever, and he didn't expect it. That's kind of the way I would portray that character. Instead, it feels like Asuka keeps overcoming everything that he plans. Yeah. And I hate that villain of the week feel you get from stuff like that. Yeah, that's fair. So that notches it down, but... Oh, and... <laughs> Strong feelings, I think. I forgot to bring this up. Strong feelings on Sabine using the Force. I we didn't mean, even talk about that. We didn't talk about that, yeah. But so she's that... now the second Mandalorian ever oh, to use yeah. the Force? Yeah. yeah before... And it came in right in the nick of time. Yeah, like... right right at the nick of time, right at the end. <laughs> and, yeah. it, and instantly she's so good. She can throw Ezra, what, like 200 feet? Uh, that yeah, was my notes. Yeah, okay. That was exactly it. It goes from <laughs> helping open the door... To struggling to pull the saber, and then ten minutes later, later she throws Ezra onto the star destroyer. I don't know if we knew that she opened the door though, because it seems well, she, she only worked for her. Insane. Yeah, she tried to help, and but Ahsoka then it, scolded it her. It seemed like it only worked when she went for her lightsaber, <laughs> like when she was about to die there. Yeah. So, you know, there's a bit of points for that, I, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I would, I would even give the door opening thing where she's like holding her hand out and the door actually opens. I see it being the other two opening the door and her going, yeah. oh, 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 I did it. Yeah. And then she's all of a sudden, okay, I can do yeah. this. I can do this now. Yeah. And, and Ezra, you know, oh. The lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see yeah, super like, cut of that. Okay, I'm sorry. She's like, screw it. I'm a pro. 
200 foot Ezra throw. Yeah, yeah. Ignoring the whole <laughs> lightsaber like things like someone someone runs with the yeah. you know, get some snacks in that in that one sequence but misses the shot and then all of a sudden you know committed to like throwing Ezra off a cliff and Yeah, like, it was a big jump. Yeah. I guess yeah. like literally so the, and Does that affect your opinion? Michael bit? Jordan him like I'd like where it's going though, this episode and what we're leaning into. Um, but it what's funny is we were expecting a big story point compared to last last episode, but it still was mostly action. Right. And okay, I'm gonna say I will give it a two because I'm pretty happy with it overall. But just the fact that they, they, I never thought they would, but they've canonized a form of death troopers, zombie troopers. That alone is, I'm, we'll give it an extra 0.5. So that's, that's two and a half, I will say. Interesting. Because that, that one thing to me is just super cool because I love that novel. So for me, I'm going to give it a two Pablo points. Um, You know, I thought it was pretty great. Uh, I think what brought it up for me, otherwise it would have been a little lower, I think. But um, what brought it up for me was the Death Troopers thing, Mm -hmm. as well as the whole, the duel was great. It was probably one of the best duels we've seen in the show so far. Um, I loved the ending. Force Ghost Anakin shows up, you know, watching over his apprentice. That's got to be half point right there. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there, there, there was a number. There was a number of things that that I really appreciate a lot about about this particular episode. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it a throw it a bone. Two powerful points. Um, sweet, awesome. Thanks, guys. And uh, I just in my score. <laughs> go for it. Go, <laughs> <laughs> go for it bad because every, every one of us was so positive oh uh, no don't no, no, don't I, give in to peer gotta, pressure be honest yeah yeah your honest opinion it's, it's, I'll, I'll i'll give it a i'll give it a 1.8 for a fight choreography alone okay all right i'll give it a 70 percent. that's fair but i still feel like some story elements were still a bit lacking in that episode compared to others yeah, right that's totally fair um, Shauna, you bring up an excellent point there. Sorry, I just saw it in the chat. Um, where did Ezra get a kyber crystal for his lightsaber? Uh, any any theories on that, Shauna? Uh, no, that's why I had a problem with it. Because my whole thought behind it was that like, you have to either find a kyber crystal or you earn it. It's not just something you're just like carrying around. Unless you're like, you're like Jyn Erso who's been gifted one. And like, she carries that with her. Um, but I don't know. It just seems mm-hmm. like it was too convenient. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hey, man, he's got Hyun with him. <laughs> yeah, he's probably got one. Like, oh, here's an extra one. I guess in in the in the. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. I don't think that's well. Me. You're you're not super far off though, Kyle. Because like in the Clone Wars arc, like Hu Yang does like have a little pocket in his chest where he keeps the Kyber crystals safe. Uh, when oh, the young. Oh well, ones. then that's exactly so, what I meant. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so like I, I I but it is weird. It is suspicious though that like oh he just happens to have one right like so. I get what you're saying, Shauna. Like, I, I, that's the one thing in this whole lightsaber creation process that we forgot to talk about that um, I would have liked to have seen. It's like, where did he get that crystal? But uh, you know what I see? I see a junior novel. Uh, junior novel? What? Yeah, there's probably some random junior novel that explains how Ezra got it in like 15 pages. Ezra and the crystal. <laughs> Part two. Well, golden books or whatever it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. All right. Look well, there's our just next scholastic fair. Yeah. Sorry, just quickly to bring up the, the one more thing. When Ezra was building his lightsaber, did anyone else catch it? 
when he's like, oh, like, or like Hu Yang, I think he's like, oh, do you want this blade emitter? And he's like, oh, no, I'll do this one. That one's too narrow. Right. And, yeah, and, yeah. And I think it, and it, it, was an, it was a nod to everyone complaining about how thin the lightsabers were in Rebels. I wondered why too. he said that. That's so funny. Yeah, I, w I wonder if that's why they have yeah. that in there. Maybe. I didn't. Uh, I, I thought it was yeah. an odd thing to say. I noticed the line, but I didn't. I assumed it just had to do with Kanan's emitter. Or maybe it's just a happy accident. Maybe it's just like it had nothing to do with that. And then that's no. just the way the fans interpret it. And Nick's it's just... pretty. There's no, no sorry. That's, that's too specific. Yeah. Floney's <laughs> pretty cheeky. I, like I think. Too clever for that. I think yeah. Nick is right on this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a good catch. It's a good catch. Yeah. There's a lot of shows that do kind of like tongue-in-cheek references to themselves. Like, I remember way back when uh, the reboot of Ben 10, they did a whole up, like a little intro. They were like, you know, the original series everyone really likes, but no one really likes the second series. Everyone says it's really bad, but I think you really have to give it a shot to really let it sink in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe we'll get a, a story as to where he gets that crystal from. But hey, if I were to if I were to throw like a side story out there, it's like maybe Ahsoka grabbed Merrick's lightsaber, and but th there's no way that that happened, right? Because she goes off the cliff and everything. It's like there's no way. But I don't know. I don't know. She. Yeah. Uh, just. Maybe. Like, I just want to say. Um. At the end of this. At the end of this uh, show. Uh, I got a special thing that's that we're gonna do for your listeners. Okay, so um, yeah, just remind me at the end of the show to uh, to make sure I get that out there for them. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, if you're on next week, actually, maybe we can uh, you can do a uh, an announcement about that. Oh, perfect. Okay, perfect. there we go. Um, all right, uh, that summarizes everything. Paul points, Pudus, everything else. Um, maybe uh, very quick, Kyle. Uh, where is Alki right now? Where are you headed next? All that stuff, social well, handles. Well, so uh, the, the social handles are Alky, which is A L K Y Solutions. You can see us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok, um, Facebook, and come give us a follow. And something we're going to do special for your guys' customers is is if they contact us and they say, "Hey, we heard you on the Star Wars Escape Pod," we're going to give them ten dollars off any lightsaber that they want. And also get this. This is for anybody that's in the lower mainland area of British Columbia. This weekend, Francis and I are going to be going down to the night market and we're going to be doing the same thing. $10 off. And if you say that you've got us from the Star Wars Escape Pod, I'll give you $20 off a lightsaber. And we're going to go fully dressed up. I'm going as Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's going to be going as Darth Revan. And we're just going to go have some fun down at the Richmond Night Market. Awesome. 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 Thanks, Kyle. So thanks so much. And, uh, you know, I think our listeners appreciate that as well. So if you're in the market to buy a lightsaber, you know where to go and you know who to contact. Come check my wares. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've been seeing a lot of that lately as I've been playing through The Witcher. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Hogwarts, man. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah I finished that up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so much, all of you guys. Uh, Kyle, Dan, Shauna, uh, Kirk, Nick, and Francis. And, uh, of course, uh, good trusty co-host, Blake. We'll see you out there. Keep flying.
All right. Thanks so much to all our listeners. We really appreciate it. Uh, we really appreciate all our uh, lovely uh, participants, our lovely guests coming on, uh, you know, just uh, chatting some Star Wars. And, uh, you know, it's always a, it's always a good time. Uh, so make sure that if you are in the Vancouver area, go and check out the, the, the night market. Go and check out uh, uh, Kyle at Alki and, uh, you know, pick yourself up a saber. And uh, you know, get the make sure you make sure you let him know. Uh, you, you know, you got the word from him on on Star Wars Escape on on the podcast, and uh, you know, you'll get that 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 little uh, sweet little discount there. So, um, that being said, uh, check out all of the links in the description of the podcast. Of course, we link all the social handles down there, as well as any relevant links that we may have brought up uh, on the show, and uh, so on and so forth. And uh, you know, we've had a really great time. Uh, summarizing and uh, reviewing all these Ahsoka episodes uh, 1 through 8 and we look forward to our show roundtable review next week uh, which we'll get uh, as many people as want to come on for that uh, you know we'll, we'll, we'll get everybody on again and uh, you know have a good chat uh, in retrospective making connections more and uh, just kind of giving our maybe we'll do another round of Pablo Points of Pudu what do we think of the whole series <laughs> uh, so there we go uh, conversations with is it the best Star Wars series or not and more uh, so we'll get into that make sure you shoot us a voicemail to our email which is swskpodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter with the handle at swskpodcast and instagram as well uh, also subscribe to us on youtube I don't say that enough but every single episode that you hear on the podcast uh, comes out on youtube the next day so you know you're not going to miss a thing and i think some people really enjoy the playlist and uh, the reason why i'm elaborating this on is because you know maybe a lot of people have been joining for the, for the finale episode uh, after show here so make sure you go and subscribe on youtube and you can go through our playlist and check out playlists of star wars escape pod episodes to easily find them in the jumble of almost 300 podcast episodes that we have within the next couple weeks that's good that's what we're going to hit uh, we just had our best month ever due to you guys tuning into the show um, in September. So keep doing what you're doing. Share the show with a friend. We love seeing those five-star reviews and those kind words and uh, people joining the Discord server, which you can also find the link in the description below. So many things. So thank you so much for tuning in. And we will catch you in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Pod. May the force be with you. <laughs>